Listening party with some blues you can use. Raw Fusion. Welcome to the King B's Raw Fusion Podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's been a long time. I should have left you. Without a strong show to flip to. Now think of how many weeks shows you slept through. Uh, time's up. I'm about to bless you with another season. Another reason to cut on the TV and start the cheesing. To get up on the phone and go call your friends and let them know the King B's Raw Fusion begins to sit on back and enjoy yourself. I'll be your company, baby. If you need a little help, I took off for a while to revise the plan. Got my focus on so I can check out the scam and open up my team. Eliminate the fake and went and got me a beat from Bobby Drake. And now I'm back, and it's better than you ever saw. But enough talk, let's get wrong. A typical night at the clubs. Let's get wrong. You don't want to fall in love. Let's get wrong. You got the fusion in your blood. Let's get wrong. Into my ladies and my thugs. Let's get wrong. Into the haters on the scene. Let's get wrong. Don't be mad, cause we got green. Let's get wrong. You should be trying to make the team. Let's get wrong. Cause we taking everything. Hey, it is super producer Lisa Ian. You know what time it is right now. That's right. It's time for Raw Fusion with the one and only wonderful host, my man, King B. Why haven't I heard from you? No one listens to your shit. Please listen to me. I'm listening. Yo, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? King B right here, and of course, this is Raw Fusion. Today, we got a very special, special situation going on here. I really do have a legend in the game, and I want to say the Chicago game, but he's not just in Chicago anymore, but he has definitely done some things that's just truly amazing. His name is Big Lou. What's up, brother? How you feeling, man? That's B-I-G-L-L-O-U. I'm good for old fat man. What's up, King B? How you doing, bro? Thanks for having me on board, man. I'm good, man. I appreciate you being on my show. It's uh, it's an honor to have you on the show, bro. Uh, seriously. No, it's an honor to be with you, my young brother. Thank you so much. I commend you on what you're doing, and I wish you the most best success with it. <laughs> this guy's character. Uh, we actually met through a mutual friend, so we gotta shout her out, Vanessa. She is my agent and uh, a longtime friend of yours, so definitely gotta shout her out. Indeed, Vanessa is like a lot of creative folks in Chicago that I had the fortune mm-hmm. of being able to work with when I started early in my career in 1985, starting an agency called Phoenix Talent Agency. Mm-hmm. And I met her during that particular time, and she started working with me as we were casting movies and stuff like that, all of Oprah's films and some other stuff, doing extras casting and casting. And mm-hmm. and she was one of those people that stuck, you know, stuck with me to the end. And I appreciate her and her commitment to the craft. She's dear people. She's family. She's mm-hmm. definitely good people. Oh, she's great people. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, here's the funny thing. Now, apparently, a few years ago, we were doing a movie. We're on the set, and uh, I'm lighting a cigar, 
And she comes up and gives me a ton of shit on how I'm lighting my cigar and I should light it this way and that way and blah, blah, blah. Funny, hilarious. And and she actually showed me how a cigar is supposed to be lit. So when we got to talking after she became my agent, uh, we figured out that we met each other then and then it comes full circle around and now she's my agent. So it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Good person, good person. Because I remember oh, yeah, someone talking shit about my... <laughs> About my about my uh, cigar lighting skills, so I, I remembered that from those long years ago. And it turns out it was her. Did you did you did you did you did you use a match or did you? No, light You know how you 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 get the cigar and then you light it. It was a it was a lighter. I mean, do you turn it as you light it? And that's what I yeah, wasn't doing. Cigar, yeah. yeah, I wasn't doing that. She's okay. like, you don't know how to light no cigar. Let me show you how to light this cigar. And then she told me the story where um, Shy McBride had just no. told, showed her how to light a cigar. So she was eager to show someone else. So that was that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were actually in a film together. Uh, different scenes, though. Mm. Let's go to prison, if you remember that. Dax Shepard, Will Harnett. It was about these um, this guy that went to prison, uh-huh. uh, and Shad McBride was the head head you know inmate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was a Barry White kind of character, and I think I auditioned for that role too. But he got it. I play I played the uh, the jury foreman that sent uh, the lead to prison. Okay, and yeah, yeah, yeah. so my one of my lines was like Quilty or something. We find the defendant Nelson Biederman Quilty. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It looked like it was a cue. Why do I remember my lines from that movie? But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Sean McBride, he was a cool cat. Yeah, I met him a couple of times. And yeah, he is from Chicago. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We got to shout out Chicago people, even if they moved to LA. Yeah. Quite a few out here, baby. Quite a few out here. As a matter of fact, man, reg, you know, it hasn't been, I haven't been out a lot since COVID. I mean, you know, due to COVID, nobody has, of course, but right. when I was out and about, you know, doing what I do out here, uh-huh. uh, every now and then somebody will come up to me and I'll go like, man, back off, dude, what? You gonna get shot? They go like, man, Big Lou, I just want to thank you, man, because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be out here, you know? <laughs> you, got, you, got, you, you got me started, man, I just wanted to say thank you. But damn, brother, how nice are you? How many of you say so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right, right. It was really cool that it happened. Right. Well, look, this is a listening party. So, we are going to check out the song. They call me Big Lou. I mean, they call him Big Lou. Because I weighed 300 pounds. <laughs> that was my first blues song. Look at this. Blues. Man. Did all right. So, it kind of established me as a, as a blues thing. There we go. Well, we're gonna check it out right now on Raw Fusion. Well, they call me Big Lou, cause I weigh 300 pounds. Well, they call me Big Lou, cause I weigh 300 pounds. I can stick and I can move and I can really. Throw it down <laughs> I can turn you on If you let me take you home 
the queen and never do you wrong. Don't let me scare you, baby. Big Lulu's really sweet. I might be heavy standing, but I'm like between the sheets. They call me Big Lou, cause I weigh stick and I can move and I can really throw it down. Twisted baby, don't wanna be your main. But when you need good love and give you much as you can stand, they call me Big Lou, cause I weigh 300 pounds. I can stick and I can move and I can really throw it down. funniest thing when listening to your music though you sound like what Barry White would sound like if he did the blues is that something that you hear a lot as a matter of fact uh my first album the first reviews I do recall there was a writer mm-hmm. uh from the Chicago blues I well, forgot yeah I think that was it she dubbed me mm-hmm. Uh, the Barry White of the blues. I'll never forget. I'm going, oh my God. I'm going, she dubbed me the Barry White of the blues. As a matter of fact, she just said it again not long ago on Facebook. Wow. Uh, when I posted something. And and my handlers, mm-hmm. when I told them about the neck, go like, oh, maybe I should take that model and run with it. They go like, no, don't. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. I'm going, like, Barry White. And he said, he said, yeah, but Barry White's Barry White. Right, right. right <laughs> you know. Right. You 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 know let's you Big Lou <laughs> you right. know let's yeah. you know yeah, yeah let's 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 make Big Lou whatever Big Lou gonna be you know that's a cool that's a cool you know um, association and the thing well I thought yeah very cool but yeah yeah, let's, yeah. well you always want to make your own mark yeah yeah so that's why I didn't do it you know so mm-hmm. but it's good to be compared with the greats yeah hell yeah <laughs> I ain't, you know I ain't uh uh-uh. I'm going like what the hell how cool you know shit right right that's very good you know. And I, I don't really consider myself, you know, I grew up on the west side of Chicago. Okay. 
Uh, and so blues. So that's what's wrong with you. Prevalent. It's prevalent. It's, it's everywhere. That's what's wrong with me too. <laughs> you know, I'm crazy as a mofo. <laughs> but but you know, and and I and in in high school and then grades upper grades. Then I went to Manly before it was the high school. Okay. On the west side, that's where I learned how to play. I played tennis sax and whatnot. And I had a band. And we was a shit. Okay. But we didn't do blues because it was kind of like. You know, one of, it was like a dying thing that, you know, us young cats was not back in the 70s and shit. We was in the earth, wind and fire, you know, all the pop, you know, all the mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Funk. So, yeah, uh, yeah, funk. And, you know, and so what happened was, was that uh, I, I I really missed a good thing, I think, mm-hmm. because we were just doing cover tunes, you know, and I wish I had been creating my own music back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened was is that not until not until I got good and grown and started doing the voiceover thing mm-hmm. and became the voice of BB King's Bluesville on Sirius Satellite Radio, which I am to this very day, okay. that I start learning and have an appreciation for the blues, mm-hmm. and it's changed my life. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's literally it's literally changed my life, and that's when I wrote. They called me Big Blue, Bobby Rush. Uh, Bobby Rush and then uh, Bill Wax from who was the program director from Sirius BB King's Blues who actually started that station they all encouraged me Lou you need to record an album man you got a great thing going why don't you put it out there and share it with the world mm-hmm. and I have and now it's taken me around the world you know singing and if I'm not singing, I'm just saying, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together, right. you know, whoever, and, and that'll be overseas somewhere. I'm going, damn, how cool is this? Yeah. You know, so my friend, my friends tell me, you know, your gifts will make room for you. You know, yeah, yeah, they really do. Very dope. But right now, we need to make room for these commercials because we got bills to pay. What you want from me? You know what I'm talking about? But we'll be back with more Big Lou right here on Raw Fusion. If you want to check out some of our films, you can do so at patreon.com slash King B. And as always, King B's Raw Fusion podcast is sponsored by theindycity.com. If you like independent artists or independent products, or you're just independent like me, check out theindycity.com. T-H-E-I-N-D-Y-C-I-T-Y. There's a new place to find Raw Fusion, rawfusion.net. Gain access to everything Raw Fusion, along with information and value you may not find anywhere else. That's rawfusion.net. Raw Fusion. So, how did you really get started in the business? I got started in the business. Uh, I went to Westinghouse High School. Okay. And I didn't really, upon graduating, I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do because I was just, you know, I was a class clown. I was, I had fun. I did plays and shit, you know, and I really never thought about entertainment as a, as a, as a career, but, right. or using my voice. I mean, my voice dropped. I was like, like yours. When did yours drop? You was like 14, 13, around there somewhere. somewhere you know, sixth grade. 13, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was young, you know. Yeah. And so I had this thing in school and they tried to make me, they tried to try, I'm big too, you know, mm. they wanted me to play football. Mm. I got hurt and my mama said, hell no, you ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so, so come comes my senior year, one of the teachers there go like, Lou, you, you ever thought about broadcasting? And I'm going like, 
you know, I, I do like broadcasting. He said, well, you should go to Columbia College. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, like, okay. Oh. And I really, really did. I went. To, I took her advice and went to Columbia College. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, that's why I got the, the, the book for broadcasting. That's where I learned about voiceover. Uh, Al Parker, here, here are two of my biggest mentors okay. for what I do today. Uh, Al Parker was the, at the time, back then they had what's called booth announcers <laughs> where you know where where the, uh, the the talent would actually go to the news station or to the tv station and he'd be in the booth record you know talking about uh, next up on abc news on you know he had to be there mm-hmm. and he was my instructor at columbia college mm-hmm. and and my other my, my for real mentor you know who was who, who kept it real with me a hundred all the time was my dear friend richard Pegee. Okay. Who you who I grew up listening to on the radio, and we became great friends. Uh-huh. Uh, so much so that he gave me my first commercial, and I used to like bounce for him at the Dusty Record conventions and all that other kind of shit. And so, and it and it's really really weird how life happens because mm-hmm. I'm basically doing the same thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that he did. Okay. Uh, to some degree, he used to produce events. I produce events myself, you mm-hmm. know, uh, charity events. And and he also recorded records. I'm recording records. And he did commercials, produced commercials. And I'm doing this. I, I guess I'm following. I didn't even know it, but that I'm following his path. Right, he, let, right. he, he laid for himself. That, that I just said, okay, because he didn't, you know, he worked at a radio station. Uh-huh. Uh, a couple of them, as you know, JBC, did it all of them. And uh Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I just couldn't find myself working for anybody like, you know, mm-hmm. nine to five. Although I was the first person in Chicago to whisper in the dark <laughs> on WGCI. Yeah. There you go. There <laughs> that you was, go. that was my show. That was my show for a week. But yeah, I did have difficulties trying to like, yeah, you know, go to work. I can't get up every day at the same time. Well, I really, you know, with that, you know, if I do it for you know a few weeks a month, I'm okay. But you know, right. but anyway. you know, I had yeah, yeah. I had so, Lisa E on the show. Another mm, another one from Lisa E. I, I remember when she was when she first started on GCI. Yeah, mm-hmm. Lisa. I remember all. Listen, all of the. Lisa E, Crazy Howard McGee, uh-huh. he was selling beepers. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Ramonski Love. Yeah, hey, Ramonski, we were boy. He he started out in the mail room. What? <laughs> you know? Yes, sir. He was in the mail room. And another one, uh, even right now, uh, I was his agent uh, when he first came to Chicago. As a matter of fact, uh, Rick Party. Rick Party. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Rick Party. He and I have been trying to help each other out for years now. And I'm so, pr- I'm so very proud of his success. Mm-hmm. He's now, you know, doing it nationally syndicated and all that kind of stuff like he always wanted to do. And voiceovers and, and shit. He know. does a lot of voiceovers. And he's doing, he does a lot of voiceovers. Because he yes, has he that does. voice that you know, shit, that's Rick Party. If you grew up listening to mm-hmm. him on the radio, you know, goddamn, that's Rick Party. I don't give a damn what you say, it's Rick. That's Rick, that's Rick Party, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's dope. And he's man. a wonderful, he's, he's, a, he's a very creative cat. Yeah. He's a great father, a great gentleman. He's a wonderful friend. I love him dearly. Cool, cool, cool. So pr- I'm so proud to call him for Yeah. Let, let me ask you this before we go to this next record. So you're talking about voice dropping. Would did you did you now this is something that, that happened for me. I felt the need when my voice did drop to start speaking higher, you know, because people would always ask me, What did you say? 
your voice is so low, you can't. I can't hear what you're saying. What you say? So that I just started trying to, you know, make my voice higher or whatever. Did you, Did you go through that thing too, or that's just me being crazy? You being crazy, King. Okay, be. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember no shit like that <laughs> at all whatsoever. <laughs> I am. I am. I embraced everything that I was, you know, and that was the best thing about me, I guess, when I was a kid. My voice, because I didn't like the way I looked. I didn't like none of that shit, you know. I was funny looking. I had a peanut shaped head, you know. But when I opened my mouth and shit, and and sounded like Barry White, <laughs> hey, hey, you know, hey, you got you got you you got love. So I was embracing my shit, you know. Uh, hell yeah, you know. I, I guess mm-hmm. I went through a few little things when I was a kid because um, the voice thing, and then also I was tall. I wanted to be the short badass little kid, you know what I'm saying? The, the short kid that everybody was scared of. I just kept growing, man. And then I, I ended up 6'6 six, six at junior year. I haven't grown an inch since. Maybe it was football. I think football might have started my growth. But I haven't grown since. But I, I reached 6'6 six, six and then the ladies started coming around. Did you expect it? Was it expected that you were going to try and have a career in sports? Yeah, well, I was really good. Here's the thing, I didn't really start sports until high school, not for real, for real, right? So I was damn good in, in football. I had actually a few episodes ago, I had my homeboy who is uh, Steve Conley, who also played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. His family is very well known. Uh, Actually, his nephew just got kicked out of the playoffs in the NBA. They just lost. So uh, their family is known for sports. And, you know, he, he came on and he said it, man. I was damn good in football, but I was first team all conference and all that kind of shit. Then entertainment started calling me because that was another passion of mine. And I actually decided that route instead of doing sports, you know, because it was football. I was I was I wasn't that great at basketball because I was expected to be. I like doing shit that people didn't think I would be able to do. So I started with football. Was good at it. Got to hit people. I was tall and skinny and still powerful. Got to hit people. Yeah, <laughs> man. I got to knock people around for. Free. I mean, legally, like, come on, man. That's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and then I started realizing, well, if I get broke up in football, I won't be doing that singing and dancing and shit that I wanted to do at the time. So that was my mother's fear about me too, because I, I broke my foot. Or at least that's the lie I told people. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I never played again. Same thing with wrestling. She said, oh, try to go wrestling. Then I got head butted, came home with this big ass bruise on my head. Mom, no, you ain't doing that. <laughs> so that was the end of my. <laughs> I tried though, I tried. I do remember the coach taking us at the back of Western House out there in the lot and giving me a javelin and shit. Here, boy, throw this thing. Let mm. me see how far you can throw it. Mm. And I didn't throw it back. So I said, no, you ain't doing that either. Ain't so doing that either. I tried. <laughs> because, you know, when you're, when you're a big teenager, people expect you to be powerful or something. Mm-hmm. They forced me. They damn near forced me into it. I did have yeah. I did have this voice, you know, so that's what I went with, you know. So I think the first time I was at high school, I was using it on stage playing tennis sax and, you know, in the talent contests and the women was loving it. So, you know, <laughs> Damn, man. that's what I stuck with. And I'm, st- and I'm still doing it. You play instruments too? Yes, sir. Played tennis saxophone. As a matter of fact, little known thing, and the folks who remember me still remember me, there was, if you know the song, Earth, Wind, and Fires, that's the way of the world. Uh During my solo at Westinghouse, 
Uh, I played my solo, not on a tenor sax. I played xylophone as well. I got down on my knees, put my hands behind my back, had the mallets in between my teeth doing a solo and got a standing ovation. I'll never forget that shit. (laughs) Yeah, I used to play my ass off back in the day. I don't know why. Columbia College stopped. I stopped playing in Columbia because I started doing the broadcast thing. But yeah, so yeah, I, I I was quite the musician back in the day. Man, this is like this is like the Hulk meeting Thanos, bro. Like you know, there's a lot of people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hulk like I've Thanos. done, a, I've done a lot of diverse shit and and people, and I, I'm good at most of what I do. But mm-hmm. you, jack of all trades, but a master of none. No, nah, I'm a master of all trades, but you know what I'm saying, or the ones that I care about. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I I wouldn't say I'm a master at all. My I didn't master. I got pretty good, but you know. I never mastered, like, I never, like, I probably couldn't have gone to an orchestra or some shit with mm-hmm. my sax. So, okay. not, you know, I didn't get to that level. Okay. I didn't know music theory. Everything I got, I just got it on, right. on, uh, on feeling, on emo, you know. Right, this right, is right. like, I could interpret that, that, you know, it just came out that way. Right. I don't know if it's still there. I think I might try. I said my next album, because I'm working on a new album now. Okay. But my next album, I was going to either try and do the slide guitar, bring my sack back out or something, but okay. I haven't done that because I've been concentrating on my vocals. Maybe the, the one after this one, but okay. yeah, I would like to showcase that again one of these days. Thank you for reminding me of that. No I did love instruments. Yeah. No problem. Mm-hmm. I'll take 10%. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Ah. I'm just kidding. Hey, what we're going to do is Vanessa, we're going to check Vanessa out- might fight with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> trying to fight uh what we got is the next song bringing it back to music your sweetness is my weakness right here on raw fusion Show as I am, 
I don't give a damn No, I don't About what the people Or what the people say Other girls try to imitate <laughs> With the other boy But I'm the only man round here Who's got the real McCoy Sweetness is my weakness, yeah, yeah. Sweetness is my weakness, yeah. Sweetness is my weakness, yeah, yeah. Sweetness is my weakness. It's Big Lou. Yeah, baby. Your sweetness is my weakness. Now that yeah. one, that one really sounds like Barry. That one really oh, now, sounds wait, like wait, something okay. he would have done. Now, let's, now, now, let me, now I got to <laughs> I got to quantify this now because that last conversation we had about Barry. Uh-huh. So what happened was my producer on that one of my producers on that album. He was driving down the street and he heard sweet. We was working on the album. He heard sweetness is my weakness. Come on the radio. He went home and he said, Lou, I just couldn't help myself. Uh, I turned that song into a, I put a blues lump on it and I heard your voice with it. And I says, and that's what happened. We liked it so much. Okay. We recorded it and put it on the album. And it was one of the first things they started playing on blues radio stations, like from the album. Besides, they call me Big Lou was Sweetness is My Weakness. Dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Dope. it's still one of my favorite cuts because I do love, I do love Barry. 
Yeah. I do love me some bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I think I might do a, since I'm out here in LA, I might look up his wife and see if she would give me the okay to do a Barry White tribute thing. That would be him. dope. I'm not big on tribute shows, but I really do love I met him uh-huh. one time, a couple of times actually, when he came to Chicago when I was working okay. as an agency owner. And uh, uh, he was a nice cat to me. He really was. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Now, let's, since you brought up agency owner, Let's let's talk about that. You owned a talent agency in Chicago at one point. Sure did. Sure did. That was one of the things I did when I got out of college. I didn't know what I was going to do. And, mm-hmm. um, I worked for a company, uh, an actuarial firm, actually. Mm-hmm. And the owners of that firm were really, really nice and encouraged me. They said, you don't want to work. You don't need a job. <laughs> and so him and my mama and everybody, they, you know, they gave me what I needed to go out and start my own little business. And I started Phoenix Talents Agency in 1985 and ran it until 1996, 97. We were, we were uh, the first black-owned and operated talent agency on Michigan Avenue on, in the penthouse doing movies and actors and working with wonderful, wonderful, talented Chicago folks. Now, see, that's probably the reason why we never really met through the circles because you said you 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 ended the agency in 96. 96, 97, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was around the time I was starting to get into the business. So, otherwise we'd probably oh, okay. been cool a long time ago, you know what I'm saying? You might have been my probably, agent. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Probably, but uh, lots of folks came through my through my doors the first time, like uh, um, uh, Lisa Ray, she mm-hmm. was one of my talents, and we got her work, and mm-hmm. Halle Berry, you know, we all know who she is, that was her first agent. Okay. And uh, quite a few others also did sports, uh, sports folks, uh, uh, did music, uh, Stanley Turrentine, jazz saxophonists used to get him commercial work and stuff. Oh, yeah. So, and lots of other well-known t- actors who, like, back in the day were just starting, like, Morocco, Mari, or those mm-hmm. kind of folks. They were all, you know, you know yeah. So, mm-hmm. why, did you, why did you decide to stop? Well, there was a actor strike. Mm-hmm. And clients were asking me if I would do the voiceover work. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt it really, really was a big, you know, no, no to be doing the same work that you're getting work for people who are looking for you to supply them that work for. And I'm also being their competition. So mm-hmm. I thought, well, it was this time. So, so I sold the agency and been doing it full time ever since. Now, isn't that no interesting regrets. being a business owner and mm-hmm. still being the talent. That's an interesting yeah. situation. Well, you know what? And I find that, and I, and I wish that, you know, I wish that during the 80s and the 90s that we had the internet mm. to the degree that we have it now because I would have known and it would have been easy for me to research uh, what goes on in other markets and that sort of thing. Right. Uh, because out here <laughs> people are doing that all the time mm-hmm. you know there are lots of people who are who 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 double you know mm-hmm. uh as talent and then when that because like for instance in chicago it's a no-no mm-hmm. to be uh, uh a casting director and talent you can't do that mm-hmm. you know it's just you, just, you know there and people out here do it all the time mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, or charging, charging talent to, you know, uh, being a casting director and charging them to 
to, to, to do classes and all this other kind of, I'm not even all that shit, but, you right, know. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I thought it was just easier for me to just back away and, and not have the headaches of running a business. And although I must admit that being a talent is running a business, but you're not responsible for nobody else's business, but you're all. Right, so, right, right. Uh, I, I enjoy what I do these days, and I can do this until I stop. And I have no plans on on retiring or or stopping. You shouldn't, you know, yeah. Lord willing. You shouldn't, mm-hmm. you know. That's that's as long that's, as I can, as long as I can go in my booth and say, "Hey, go buy this," or either you know, get on a plane somewhere and get on somebody's stage and yeah, do some soft shoe and sound like Big Lou and make somebody smile. And yeah. I'm good, brother. Yeah. You know, I'm good. You know, there's mm-hmm. a um, with with me, uh, it's interesting because, again, I started out acting. I think I put, um, eh, it was kind of soon, but I started writing soon after I got into the industry as an actor. And then a couple years after that, I started directing. And it's funny because people are like, you know, you're a director. You just put yourself in as an actor. No, uh, the acting was, the acting was something I've been doing since I was a kid. Like elementary school, like first grade on stage, I that mm-hmm. I, I've been doing for a while. The directing was the shit that was new, you know what I'm saying? So I had to learn that. The acting part was easy for me, but it's interesting when people see me do it and literally be in a scene with me, and then I go cut and then switch hats and go right to the director spot. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And it's like two different people. You know, I had a, I had a. One of my actors, he he just he he was just it was just hilarious to him because I was playing a, a ruthless record label owner on a soap opera that I had called Manashua Johnson, and uh, mm-hmm. I'd be just the evilest motherfucker you ever known, and then I say cut and then go back to being friendly and nice and cool and no oh, that was good man you know and all that kind of shit. It's like it's like in a second I changed from one thing to another. I'm like that's what I do, fam. So. That's what acting is. And a lot of times people, you know, they forget that it is acting. Mm-hmm. I think one of the first dramatic roles I did, it was, uh, I played a, I played a cop. Okay. There was uh, a child molester. Oh. And uh, <laughs> the name of the film was called Dream, the movie shot in Chicago. Okay. Uh, I played Uncle Reggie. Mm-hmm. And Uncle Reggie uh, had a couple of scenes. In this scene where he had, he was bothering this. He had this boy, this young boy, tied up on a pole, mm-hmm. and I was taunting him so that he pissed on himself. Oh wow! And at the screening, people literally didn't like you. Were oh, I mean, literally. I mean, there was no like playing. It was like. Man, I was fucked up. Some fucked up shit you was doing. Yeah. I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going. It's acting. <laughs> right, right. People don't get that, man. You no, know, I'm saying like, what? What I get? Okay, I guess that's a testament, you know. Uh, and I remember, you know, Mel Jackson. He was also in this film. I worked with him too. And as a matter of fact, Mel Jackson is the one who referred me to the producers. Okay. And he also was a child molester. He did a fabulous job. He wow. did, you know. So good actor, really good actor. He's he was a very that. fine. Actor. He's a very fine actor. Him, yep. Lisa Ray, mm-hmm. uh, Bernie Mac, and uh, they were all in that movie. I was telling you the first movie. Um, so I'm literally working with them first day. This is who I'm working with. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. On my first movie. So that was that was reasons. Yep. So I work with all all three of them, yeah. You know? Rest in peace, Bernie Mac. 
I remember, I remember one of my first times going down trying to, you know, get get in, get back into the 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 performance mode as a, you know, as an actor or a singer. Uh-huh. And remember, he used to have his talent thing showcases downtown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, down, I, I forgot where was that, but I think he had to go down some stairs. What was the name of that club? Shit. Anyway, uh, I remember. I think he was at the Cotton Club for a while. He was. Then, then, then he moved downtown. Okay. Because I remember going downtown and and my friends coming to support, and I sang a Joe Williams tune. Uh, yeah, yeah, some jazz. Yeah. And I think that was, you know, yeah. And I and 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 I always appreciated him for you know giving back. He was a good brother. Mm-hmm. He was good. He was good for that. He was real cool, and he was funny as hell because it it was um, funny. <clears throat> funny as hell. Yes, he was. Yes, he had a whole little style. <laughs> it's crazy because the the scene right. The scene was uh, Mel Jackson had a gang, and there was another gang that that Bernie Mac was a part of, and so me and Mel. Are literally uh, sitting at the table talking, you know what I'm saying? And I guess uh, Bernie was trying to push up on uh, Lisa Ray, and I guess in the Mel movie, was not in real life in the movie. All this is in the movie. All this is in the movie. This is in the scene. <laughs> okay. And, and and Mel Jackson was getting upset. His character was getting upset, and then you know I was like the muscles, so you know I come up and, and push Bernie out the way, and, and he would say some shit. And then so my the crazy part about it is. When you are at extra, which that's where I was supposed to be, um, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to say anything. Um, right. But my first day, not knowing, never being in the business, you know, and the not only thing that- to talk to, Not supposed to talk to the actors. No, no. No, I'm no, talking no. about not talking to the actors. I'm talking about in the scene, not saying anything in response. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you ain't supposed to talk to the actors either. Right, right, <laughs> that's right. a real big no-no right. if you open up your mouth in, in the scene. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But see, my only experience with acting was like in, in theater. And in theater, we ad-lib, you know what I'm saying? So uh, Bernie got to saying some shit, and I got to saying some shit back to him. And and then after they, they said cut, Monty Ross, who uh, he was the director, and he was like, yeah, uh, I like, say, yeah, do that shit. You, you do that. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, but the way he said it was like, I kind of instantly knew that I wasn't supposed to say it then. You know what I'm saying? But he had then said, okay, no, keep doing that. Keep doing that. You know what I mean? But it was kind of weird because, but I didn't know. You know what I mean? So, uh, and, and, and. Did, did, so did you get, did, did, did you get bumped? No. Did you get bumped up? Didn't even talking? know. Didn't even know. Didn't even know. This is how naive when you get into a business. Didn't even know I was supposed to get more money. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, I definitely said more than three words. Uh, but, you know, I, I didn't know at the time. And, um, but it was funny. The most hilarious part about it is he would always change up every scene. So he would say something funny. And then, you know, I'm trying to be mean, but I want to laugh. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of puffed up my jaws like I was breathing hard just to stop from laughing. You know what I mean? And it would be cool if he had kept saying the same thing. Second take, I would know it was coming. No, he said something else funny. And then two, three takes, and he keeps doing this shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, bro, I had to tell him, that shit's funny as hell. And I'm trying to be mean over here, and it's funny as hell, but he was real cool. Um, real cool guy, man. I will say that. But that's missing much. That goes to show you also that, you know, 
there's a lot of rules and shit in this business and you gotta you gotta know you know what's going on you know I would say that one of the biggest things, because I always tell people, including I'm telling you, if I haven't told you so far, each one teach one, each one reach one. Yeah. Because of the gifts that you've given, yeah. they've been given you, you know, yeah. you have a duty to go out and make sure that, you know, mm-hmm. that another brother or sister doesn't have, you know, to mm-hmm. go through the shit that you did. Right, so, right. you know, <laughs> you know, so somebody should have told you, you know, well, no, they man, did. you don't open your mouth, what the, you know. I found out afterwards, but so, then, the, you know, the director said, no, keep it. So, you know, but I, but they didn't know I was going to say anything. I didn't know what the hell was going on. So, you know what I'm saying? But the, but the, but the flip side of that is sometimes the shit worked out. <laughs> it worked. It worked for me. It didn't work financially for me, but at least, you know, I got, you know, I got to say something. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so technically, I wasn't an extra anymore. We're going to get to this next track. We can come back and talk some more. Now, you do more than just blues. You know, this is this is more of a stepper's cut. What's, what's stepping? Oh, what's a stepper's cut? Oh my God. <laughs> if you're from Chicago, you already know. It's Step With You. This is the remix, Big Lou. Right here. Right here. Mr. Lou on this one, baby. Girl, I <laughs> Guide you. Sure you light a love shining inside a real man. It all begins when you take that first step. Yeah. 
IndieCity.com. If you like independent clothing brands, independent art, or just things that are independent, then check out the IndieCity.com. There's clothing, art, and more all right there at the IndieCity.com. T H E I N D Y C I T Y.com. The IndieCity.com is a proud sponsor of. The King B Raw Fusion Podcast. Raw Fusion. You got to learn the game. You know what I'm saying? Talking about extra work, you know, that's one of the things that I did. I got several films mm-hmm. uh, back when I owned the agency. And I remember uh, it was one of Oprah's films. I can't which remember the name. But there was one of those damn Teamsters Mm. who apparently had issues with black folk mm. because we were on the set somewhere on the street and and one of the extras had to use the honey wag. Mm. You know, those trailers where the bathroom is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I'm walking to set and I see this young teenage boy, mm-hmm. black, mm-hmm. go to use the go to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. The honey wag. And this white guy says like, hey, I think he used the N-word. Mm. You can't go in there. What the hell wrong with you? And I and I was there. I just stopped. I was I'm going like, did I just hear and see right. what I thought? You know? Right. 
And I approached and said, boy, go and use the bathroom. And as he went to, he know it, but he, you know, cause he know I was his boss. And so he went and used the bathroom. The guy's talking to me outside, talking about, I don't, I don't clean no shit for no Wow. I'll never forget that, King B. And, and I hate, I hate that I had to, that you brought it to my memory, but wow. I cried that day. Um, I, I literally cried that day from, from, from being so hurt. Man. Uh, a that 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 young man had to experience that. Mm-hmm. B that me as a professional had to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And C that you know that I had to like you know step out of Big Lou you know agency owner and then like go and deal with this shit that I really shouldn't have been dealing with in in, in nineteen whenever it was in the nineties. Yeah. And anyway, long story short, he wasn't back there the next day. I think he was off the set, but but yeah, and so and I got apologies from I got apologies from the production company and yada yada yada. But mm-hmm. you know that shit's still prevalent. You know a little bit. You know I think they, <laughs> you know they may, they may he may not use the words today, but I don't see it out here in L.A. much. But you know it's unfortunate that that we as professionals have to deal with that kind of bullshit, you know, just doing what we want to do, you know, even on a level like that, you know what I'm saying? He lucky it was you. Cause see, I'd have been on the news that night. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah, he wouldn't yeah, he, he wouldn't have been back on the set, but they would have been they would have been searching to find him. Seriously. Man, it, yeah, that was yeah, I'll never forget that. That was one of the most most I had a <laughs> tragic I, I had a I had a similar experience when I was on the set of my uh, best friend's wedding. This motherfucker, a PA. So this dude, this dude, um, well, it wasn't to the extent that we were talking about, but this dude, um, he wasn't even a brother, but he, he did the dumbest shit in the world, okay? He came back with different clothes. We did a two-day shoot over at, uh, we did a two-day shoot over at uh, Buddy Guy's Legends. Uh, that's mm-hmm. where that, if you remember the movie, that's where that scene is, uh, where they come in and do the karaoke that was done in Buddy Guy. Mm-hmm. And and the guy did the dumbest shit in the world. Like, even me being new to the game, I knew if we're doing the same scene, you wear the same fucking clothes. Same clothes. Right, but he comes in some new shit. But the PA just went out, oh, you stupid motherfucker, and blah, 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 in front of everybody. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like just sitting there like, bro, I feel like going and putting on some other clothes so the motherfucker can talk to me like that. Cause see, I'm going, all that Hollywood shit goes out the window and the South Side come out of me and I want to fuck him up for him. But you know, he wasn't talking to me, but I'm like, dude, you, know, you ain't got to, you know what I'm saying, go off on that motherfucker like that. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, you know damn well it's gonna take us three hours before we actually hit the set. Just send the motherfucker home, get the clothes, and and have them come back. You know what I'm saying? But that's just the, that, these motherfuckers get out their skin sometimes. And, yeah, they do. Uh, and that was the reason. Here's the killer part. I ended up going out for a very small role as um the singing waiters. You know, if you remember the, the other scene, I think yes. it was a wedding scene, the singing waiters. And I got the, and so I went out that way. I don't, I don't even remember how I found out about it, but I went audition. And then later, you know, I, had, I didn't hear anything. Later, they called the extras castings call, and then I went and did that scene. So 
Then they got around to that scene and they called me to give me the role. But I had already been on the set. And Mm -hmm. because of shit like that, I'm like, you know, I don't know. I don't think I want to, you know what I'm saying? Because the motherfucker talked to me like that. I'm going to pop him in his motherfucking mouth. And I don't give a fuck if I don't give a fuck if it's Hollywood shit, whatever. I will be on the news that motherfucking night. I'm I'm not lying to you. See that that kind of shit is not. You got you got to pick your battles, you know, you know. uh, And sometimes you know you have to say to yourself, you know, there's doing the right thing, and then there's doing the right thing that can get that can turn everything wrong. Yeah, but see, I was young. I was young in the so, game. And then, yeah. like mm-hmm. now, I might have handled it in a worse way, more political way, that hurt him even further. But then, I knew, you know what I'm saying, again, football, you know what I'm saying? So, hit the motherfucker. That's what it was would have been in my, I wanted to hit him because he was talking to dude that way. And that wasn't even me, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then to find out mm-hmm. the hierarchy of filmmaking, a PA, you basically the extras of the crew, bitch. So why in the hell is you sitting here talking this shit to him? Like, that's why I feel like the movie game, I got that shit, you know what I'm saying? But there's other things that I'm moving into, um, like we were talking about Vanessa. Uh, It was just last year, just before the pandemic, which I met Vanessa and she became my agent. And so um, my voiceover agent. So now I've gotten into the voiceover market and I feel like a rookie again man I I just (laughs) you know what I'm saying it's like you know when you know what you know you know you know it you know what I'm saying and I put in Mm -hmm. years Mm -hmm. learning filmmaking like years and study and when I get into shit that I'm interested in I go super crazy and study all kinds of shit, you know what I'm saying? I'm the guy that listens to the director's commentary when they had those on the DVD just to see what the next director is thinking. Like, I really get deep into this shit, and now I feel like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, I know how to, I I had a TV show on a broadcast network, I know how to do this kind of shit, you know what I'm saying? So doing a TV, moving to a podcast, basically it's the same shit, it's just a mic and no cameras. But when it comes to doing this voiceover shit, I am so like um, a guy in, in a little boat in a big ass lake with no oars to get to shore. That's really how I feel, man. And and um, to have a professional like you, and I know people think that you know it's just bullshit, smoke. No, bro. Like I don't know what I'm doing, and um, you have been doing this shit for years. What were the things that you learned when you first got in this business? Like that, that, that you really, oh, I got it now. Like, what was it? What was the moment? There, 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 there were no, none of those, you know. Okay. Um, um, there were, and I am still learning. Okay. Because each day that I breathe, I think is an opportunity for me to learn some shit I didn't know yesterday. Definitely. And to gr- and, and to grow from it, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, when I came up in the game, there were no big lose. There were no there were no black agency owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, when I went to find, I, I do remember before I opened my agency, I went to uh, an, an, an agency that was Spanish owned and represented Spanish talent. Okay. And she advised she advised me not to do it because she thought it was just too much work, but not enough, you know, 
Hey. And, I, and I didn't take her. And I didn't take her advice. Good. And, and I opened anyway. Good. And and I have no re- and I have no regrets. Mm-hmm. But that that knowledge that I gained mm-hmm. as an agency owner mm-hmm. behind the desk mm-hmm. has helped me tremendously mm-hmm. as a talent. Right. I don't think I don't think like a talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't wait for my agents to call me and tell mm-hmm. me where my next audition is mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. I think as a businessman. Right. And and so I know how to go about getting my own work. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I've gotten to the particular point. My wife says, I want to go to Hawaii. Okay, I'll book myself in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, you right. know, you want to do you want to do animation? Okay, <laughs> okay, I'll 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 put together my own animation demo instead of paying somebody five thousand dollars for it. I'll put together my own animation demo. Go right. find my own list. Go find my own way of marketing and market myself to these people. Mm-hmm. That's how I. That's how I've been. On, that's how I've been on animated projects for Cartoon Network and, and DreamWorks and yada 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 yada. That's so, dope, so that's so dope. Seriously. So so it's it's the way you approach it, you know. So a lot of talent, and that and 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 that's what I tell a lot of talent. Lou, how do you how do you get your work? What is your philosophy? Mm-hmm. And I think the first thing that comes to my mind is a lot of things, but the first thing that I'm all my go to reply is, well, my job is finding my next job. Mm-hmm. That's my job. That's my job, mm-hmm. and being ready for and being ready for it. Mm-hmm. You know. So, uh, uh, one of the things too, you know, like like even right now in my career, I just even said it like during the during the production uh, of my new album, Contemporary Blue, Contemporarily Blue, uh-huh. Legend of Big Lou. My partners were saying to me, Lou, you got to stop all this auditioning. <laughs> <laughs> you spend too much time, you know, behind the microphone auditioning when you need to be like, you know, working on this album. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, I need to be, or if I'm on, or if I'm in front of the microphone, if I'm behind the microphone, I'm working on a gig. Or if this audition that I do, it has to be an audition that is financially and uh, uh, career-wise something that, you know, that would make sense to me. Just mm-hmm. to be doing auditions for the sake of just hoping to get it, blah, 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 blah. you know. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, a lot of a lot of talent talking about, you know, and agents will tell you, oh, here's an audition for ABC company and XYZ casting director. You need to be in front of them. I'm going like sometimes, yeah, but it, when you get my age and when you get my breadth of experience, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you have to pick and choose you know, what it is you want to do. Otherwise, you know, for instance, like Bobby Rush told me not so long ago, uh, Bobby Rush, love, you know, love them chicken heads too, my blues, yeah. Yeah. Grammy, Grammy women, friend, da, 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 da. He, he says, Lou, uh, I'm getting too old to be doing, putting the, doing the same stuff I used to do and getting the same results. Mm. And, he act, and he actually changed up what he did. Mm-hmm. And when he changed up what he did, he's now he's now been nominated for a Grammy what two three times? <laughs> mm. <laughs> like in his do in his eighties, mm. in his eighties. Wow, you know, um, 
and I had the fortune uh, of um, just last month hosting um, as a solo, uh, hosting the Blues Music Awards in Memphis. Okay. And he and he was the first person to uh, to get an award. And and <laughs> and he and he told me he says Lou, I did this. I wanted to do something different. And during COVID, I recorded this album. Mm. Uh, just me, unplugged, mm-hmm. me, guitar, and a harmonica. Mm. I think that's one of the that's one of the best things I could have done. Mm-hmm. And and I'm going. Yeah, because you know it won it won the Blues Music Awards. You know it got nominated for a Grammy. Mm-hmm. Going like, so I look at him, mm-hmm. and one of the things I guess young people don't do is when old people or older people or more experienced people tell them to do some shit mm-hmm. and go in one ear and out the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they really don't, and they really don't apply it because when somebody who has experience is trying to tell you something, is trying to teach you something, yeah. and you're just going, okay, 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 well, thank you, thank you, thank you, and you really don't apply to it, I think you're missing a blessing. Yes, you are. You really are. You're missing a blessing or you're missing an opportunity. And, and, and it may or may not work, but, you know, I think you should, you should try and see, you know. Consider. Because, you, and you never know why someone comes into your life for what reason or whatever, but there is a plan, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I never knew, I never knew that when I started my talent agency that, that I would be in the company of such talented I mean, exceedingly talented, exceedingly accomplished, creative people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really don't consider my. I'm I'm just lucky to be, you know, <laughs> in the same space. But sometimes the shit rubs off. Yeah. And I listen, you yeah. know, and I, um, the first thing Bobby told me this was at a like a blues music awards over ten years ago. We were having lunch, he and I, and I can't remember who else was at the table. Mm-hmm. But I told him I was working on it now, mm-hmm. and I'd asked him. I said, "Bobby, why you put your name? Why is it, why why you always got Bobby? Because I used to bring him on. I think you know, it's always Bobby Rush, Bobby. Because I remember listening. It's Bobby Rush, Bobby Rush. Even at live events, Bobby. Why you always? He said, "I do that, Lou, so people remember who the hell I am. I've been doing that shit forever, and you should do that too. Mm-hmm. Put your name when you write your shit. Put your name in your shit, so people mm-hmm. remember who you are." Mm-hmm. I took that advice. Mm-hmm. The first song that I wrote, you know, instead of doing all cover things, was they call me Big Lou mm-hmm. because Bobby Rush said, put my name in the record. Mm-hmm. And that record went on to win a Blues Music Award, you know, for Best New Artist. Congratulations. And put, and put me on the map as a blues artist. Although I was known for my voice in the blues, but I was not known for as a singer or songwriter. Mm-hmm. And that's because I listened, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm yeah. still listening. And I, I am still listening to this yeah. day yeah. to, you know, to people like Bob and around me. And that's what young people need to do. They need to listen yeah. and they need to ask. And don't be afraid to ask questions, yeah. you know, uh, and, and, and learn the craft. Yeah. So many people don't know the craft of of what they want to do. They know they want to do it, but mm-hmm. you know, how do I, oh, I need to be, a, I need to be, I need to get a thousand, I need to get a million people on YouTube to see my shit. No, maybe that's part of it, but mm-hmm. that's not the craft, you know, so. Man, let me tell you something. You just, <laughs> just said, you just said so many, you just dropped so many jewels, bro. Like, 
Okay, so the official title of this show is King B's Raw Fusion. And then when we were on PBS, it was King B's Raw Fusion. And literally, on, you know, back then when you had the little cable and shit and you, you know, you go through the, the menu, it said King B's mm-hmm. Raw Fusion on there. It didn't just say Raw Fusion, it said King B's Raw Fusion on my TV show. So I, I mm-hmm. started, I learned that, I think it was um, Diddy that said that. And I and I and I listened and I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So then I start putting my name on on all that shit in the movies, King B's Roost, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everything, man. You know what I'm saying? So, so that if you create if you create the shit, put your name on it. Yeah. You yeah, know. Yeah. And and then wait, wait, and 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 what was this? Yeah, I get no, this is before I think, you know, I, I don't know, maybe he got it from Oprah on him, but but I heard Oprah say it too. She said, put your name on shit, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. She puts her name on every damn thing. You know, yeah. she ain't got to now, but you know, her name is on every damn thing, you know, shit. So that's what I started doing. You know, it was so that. like my new album is The Legend of Big Lou. What the fuck? Right, right. <laughs> Not just contemporarily blue, it's the legend of Big Lou. You know, shit. Am yeah. I a legend? Hell yeah, in my own mind. <laughs> nah, you are a legend, period, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know about all that, but I just I just appreciate that, you know, people have have um, supported me in my career, my decisions, and they still do to this day. And I hope that I don't disappoint them and that I continue to bring some joy and happiness into their lives in whatever small way I can. Most oh, that sounded so fucking profound. That was lovely, wasn't it? Yeah, that was, that was cool. Clack, clack. That was cool. I gave, <laughs> I gave, gave brownie points for that one. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the other thing that you said, man, learning, you know, I I, I feel like I feel like I'm a dope-ass uh, movie director, but even then, I'm still learning. I'm still looking at the uh, shit, man. Technology changes by the minute. You know what I mean. So I'm still constantly learning some new shit. You know what I'm saying. I've been in this mm-hmm. game as long as I've been, and I still now need to learn about the new cameras that's coming out, the new lenses. I need to know uh, the new styles and you know editing and there's you know a ton of shit to learn about you're, you're, you're still learning yes yeah it's a ton of shit to learn about in editing man you know it's just you feel like you know what you're doing it's still changing so you still have to learn you know and then you also said listening to the elders and that's important and so hopefully you'll help me out with this this voiceover shit because yeah I don't know what the fuck I'm doing and uh, even though I've gotten a couple of gigs, that that means nothing. Well, a couple of gigs, a couple of gigs turns into a profession, you know. Yeah. If you if you keep at it, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and voiceover, my voice, my, it, it, it's it's a wonderful way to make. A, I, I wish more of us were into it. You know, it's a wonderful way to make a living. Yeah. Uh, no two days are the same, and uh, each day. Each day, is, each day that I wake up, I'm on a different path somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And, and I can control it mm-hmm. um, creatively. Every other way works loose, and I enjoy that. You know. But I learned to this day, for instance, like one of my buddies mm-hmm. out here who I used to represent when I was an agent, and we've become we've been buddies now for 30 years. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a well established actor out here, commercial film. Mm-hmm. He does quite well, mm-hmm. but he has to turn to me mm-hmm. when he wants his demos done when he has when he has issues with his his home studio setup because mm-hmm. unlike me 
he hasn't taken the time. And I've been trying to convince him mm-hmm. that learn your craft, bro. Do yeah. this. Do I mean, you know, learn your, your digital audio workstation, you know, so you don't you know, learn, <laughs> yeah, learn yeah, how to yeah. turn on your, you know. Yeah. So like when some stuff go down in the middle of a session, you're not like panicking and, you know, and racking your brain because the client's on the other end and your stuff isn't working. You know, so like that that's all a part of uh, being ready and being prepared and, and you know and doing doing your due diligence i don't care what age you are you right. know so it's it's it's, a, it's, a, it's always a learning thing for me like for instance like i just got a new it's not just got a new i just got a new piece of equipment mm-hmm. you know for mic processors which was a whole new learning curve for me that i had to learn how to use this piece of this mm-hmm. piece of equipment but i relished it i looked at it not as a chore but as an opportunity to grow, you know what I'm saying? Because that's what the young folks are doing and, and I'm trying to stay on top of my game just like they are, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. And there was a couple other things you said. Like, I wanna point out the jewels as people, you know, glance over shit and there's people that are listening that either wanna get into the business mm-hmm. or whatever. And you said you were a talent agent and that taught you a lot about being an, a, a, a talent. And being a director for me taught me a lot about being an actor. You know, so when um, before, you know, we're kind of cocky, you know, what I'm saying it's all about us because we have a character. We're in the thing, you know, it's about me and my performance and I'm going to give the most fabulous performance. We don't realize that we're just a part of a bigger situation to getting this film done. Being a director actually taught me that. And then I started to realize. So then when when I became because I, I still will act in a film that I'm not directing. I don't have a problem. But then I learned to just sit down and sooner or later the director will come talk to me. Before it's like, well, you know, I got this idea, you know, you're all excited. And then you, but you don't realize that the director's not only dealing with the talent, but he has to deal with the crew and everything else and, and overcoming these obstacles and this, that, and the other. So I started to learn to then, okay, I'm going to sit back and when, when the director's ready, he'll come and tell me what I need to know, and then I can propose whatever whatever things that, that that the ideas that I may have, and we'll talk it over then. So that made me a better actor, becoming a director. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know what, bro? I, I mean, I, I'm again. I appreciate you coming on the show. It's my pleasure, bro. You know, uh, a lot of lessons learned, man. When you got someone as knowledgeable, you know, you sit down, you shut up, and that's one of the things that you said before. You, 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 you kind of just sit back, shut up, and listen and learn, you know? So I feel like I've been in a learning session myself uh, right here on my own oh, goddamn show. <laughs> but no, I really appreciate it. We are going to check out a new song from your new album coming out very soon. Yes, uh, uh, August is the release date, August release month. We have pared it down to a date, but it'll be out this August. The name of the album is called Contemporarily Blue, The Legend of Big Lou. Uh, it's Contemporarily Contemporary Blues. And we've already released a single from it. And it's mm-hmm. called Sunshine on Your Face. And we're using the proceeds uh-huh. from that, uh, from that, from the sale of that single to uh, 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 provide needed assistance to blues musicians during the times of, you know, the COVID bullshit, which has devastated so much of everything and everywhere, particularly musicians. 
So, you know, we decided to do that with that song. And we are proud to say that during the taping of the uh, recent Blues Music Awards that uh, Mm -hmm. uh, I presented the Blues Foundation with a check for $4,000 from the the sale of uh, um, the the digital download sales. This song coming up, Sunshine on Your Face. Where can people download the song? Oh, cool. Yeah, of course. Uh, you just go to my website, biglou.com. That's B-I-G-L-L-O-U.com. Go go support the artists on their own own platforms. All right, so it's Big Thank Lou. You. Make sure it's two L's, biglou.com. We're going to check out the song right now. It's Big Lou, Sunshine on Your Face, right here on Raw Fusion. Some sunshine on your face And watch the blues just melt away A soaking rain and a clouds of gray Can't stand the sunshine on your face Like a roller coaster life goes up and down Trying times make a soul go underground But get some sunshine on your face And watch your blues evaporate Today could be your lucky day Or once the sunshine will hit your face Darkness in your mind Wanna steal your soul Massage your face Feel a warm embrace If the truth be told Get some sunshine on your face Watch the blues just melt away A soaking rain and a cloud sunshine on your face Problems come and go like the seasons change When you know one simple thing Get some sunshine on your face And watch them blue just dissipate Go down into your quiet space And let the sunshine on your face Sunshine on your face, Big Lou, right here, Raw Fusion, listening party. No, wait, 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 wait,
Can't be. What? Why, why did you say your face? It's not sunshine on your face. That's not what I said. Oh, the name of the song is called Sunshine on Your Face. Your face. Why, oh, thank there you. you. Go with the... Your face. Yeah. But, I, <laughs> he, he but yeah, but check this. But check this out. We. Ne- I'm from the west side of Chicago, yeah. man. Uh-huh. Anyway, so, so what? <laughs> So what happens is that we've never produced a video okay. on this. Okay. And so since we, it did so well on its own and, and we actually did not do a full PR press, you know, blast thing. So now we're re-releasing it. Uh, it's going to come out again July 3rd. Okay. And with the video, with a, with a beautiful music video, mm-hmm. and again, we encourage people to go to uh, BigLou.com and download it and so we can keep giving money to those in need. Uh, Cause it's still, even though like, you know, masks are coming off, people still, musicians are still in, uh, out here hurting the need. So do what you can. And thank you so much for your support, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, hold, 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 hold the fucking phone. You already shot this video? Uh, yes. And, and you didn't call me? All right, I'm done. Get no, off my show. I'm, I'm so, I, you know what? You know, had I had I had I known, no, I, I would have, brother. I, I surely would have. And what had happened was because it's sunshine on your face, uh, we're gonna use this as an anthem for folks coming out of COVID. Okay. You know, taking their face off, go outside and feel the sunshine on your face. You know, let them blues, you know, just get wiped away. Right. You know, you never know what you know. Yeah. So right. that's 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 the deal with that. All right. All right. I'm, I'm going. We're going to chalk it up to us just becoming new, new friends over here. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's all that is. Yeah. But that's, you know, I would. You know, I would have right. called you, can't be. Uh-huh. I ain't talking. I would have. We'll do some work soon, man. We'll do some work soon, man. I appreciate you being on the show, bro. It, it'll, it'll be my pleasure and honor. I appreciate you for coming this way, man. Thank you so much for having me on board. Show. It's time to talk some shit with King B on the King B's Raw Fusion Podcast. Brought to you by TheIndieCity.com One of the other things that I wanted to point out is that auditioning is part of the job. This business is different than most other businesses. And a lot of people outside don't understand but they feel if you're not getting paid, then you're not working. But the audition is the first part of the job. If you don't give a good audition, most likely, unless the director really likes you, you won't get the job. Therefore, you won't get paid. But if you kick ass in the audition and they want you, then you get the check in the end. So remember, the job starts at the audition. Go out there and give them hell, and hopefully we'll see you in the winner's circle. I'm King B, and this is Raw Fusion. Raw Fusion.